welcome to another episode Bagheel on Bryant. My name is Saeed Bagheel and I'm your host. Brands are inspiring. They've changed, they've changed the lives of many. Whether they're social brands, non-profit brands, whatever it is. They've always impacted our lives, one way or the other. But also, there's a strong commercial sense on brand and how organizations utilize brand for the benefit of profit, which is absolutely fine. I don't see a problem there. Because at the same time, if that brand who's utilizing humanity or society to make profit maybe has a greater purpose of serving society too. The point that people argue that brands need to humanize. Actually, it's not brand that needs to be humanized. In fact, business needs to be humanized by becoming a brand. Because brand, by nature, is human. By nature. Brand, by nature, is human. Brands live and die. Brands are fully fulfilled when they're connected. There's this emotional to brand, there's a functional side to brand. But I get sometimes, but I feel sometimes very surprised when I see on LinkedIn or other social platforms when people argue that brands uh, humanize brands. How do you humanize brands? You humanize business by making the business a brand, not the other way around. Brand has a purpose. And the single side of business's purpose is to make money. So to avoid that perception of a business making money and just money and and for the purpose that exists just to make money is to apply brand, which turns that business to be more human. So it's able to connect to society. It contributes to communities. It adds value to the place it exists. Through corporate social responsibilities. So, are brands inspiring? They are, but at the same time, not every brand is inspiring. It depends on the brand. Who's behind the brand? Who's managing the brand? And how was the brand developed? Brands hold characters. Every brand that is very well strategized and executed will have a character. And that character connects society. But by the idea that just the term brand and everything that we see is just brand, that does not mean it's a brand. Because there's a difference between brand and a commodity. There's an absolute difference between brand and commodity. Sugar tea rice, oil, these are commodities. But to turn those into a brand is a lot more harder because these are born out of needs. And usually when you want to brand a sugar tea, sugar tea, oil and rice, it's difficult for these to become brand and reach the memory mindset or become memorable. Because human observe these as basic necessities. 
So from basic to a greater brand value, it's not an easy journey. Not an easy journey. Oil, rice, sugar. Oil, rice, and sugar are basics. There's other commodities such as tea and coffee. You can build brands out of them because you can create different side, different types of stories and experiences. Some are product brands. Like Instant Coffee. Instant Coffee is a product brand. But Flavored Coffee is not a product brand. It's an experience brand. So like I said in previous episodes, even brands are categorized into groups. You have a product brand, you have a story brand, you have an experience brand, you have a price brand. At times, also, you can mix mix these brands. You can Some, some brands are product slash experience, some are product slash price, some are experience price. I mean, Walmart is a great exp- example for you that it's a, it's, a, it's a price slash experience brand. At the same time, it gives you an experience, but at a lower price. It's just not only value for money Walmart doesn't play even discount Walmart talks about saving and saving sounds a lot better to any family household to any family more than just the discount then you have corner stores with hardcore discount and these suffer very much to become a point reference of brand because price is just in the heart of it and I'm not arguing that price that brands cannot be priced. They are. And there's Walmart. There's many other things. Shop and Save, uh, Five Seven Nine, Payless. These are brands, but they're price brands. So the contribution of brand to our society or even to our nation is great. I mean, look at Singapore for example. Singapore is a brand, and it's a great brand. The perception on Singapore is far more positive than the perception on America, globally. Well, yet America is very powerful as a country. America is able to export culture. We, around the world, whether we live in America or outside of America, we bought into the American culture. Even our children, even our society, the movies, the theaters, the music, everything, almost everything. We bought into those. I mean, if you go to the, to the Arabian Peninsula, Middle East, if you see some of the Gulf countries, whether it's Saudi Arabia or Emirates, literally they bought into the American culture a lot more than the rest of uh, uh, the Middle East. But yet, when you go to Levant, uh, Lebanon, and uh, Lebanon, Lebanon would be Lebanon is is a mix of uh, today American past was more of French, but when you go to North Africa. Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, they're very much French influenced. But because the West was able to create a perception and deliver that perception through values of culture, way of life, style, even when you buy into fashion, we buy more into, as Arabs, I mean, when I say us as Arabs, me as an Arab, I buy into a Western fashion. I like how it looks, I like how it dresses, I like how it fits. I like how I see myself in meetings and so on. So, does that mean that brands contribute to society? Yes, they do. 
you can see brands in the most negative way and the most positive way. It depends which brand and what it does. It depends which brand and what it does. At the same time, there are brands that stood for humanity. Let me take what Nike did. Nike is an excellent example of a brand that positioned itself to celebrate athletes. When sports and politics get mixed, Nike stood on the side of the athletes. For example, kneeling down to a flag in American football and the player from 49ers, from San Francisco 49ers, who was an uh, activist towards... uh, uh, I I don't have a clear picture on the subject, but something to do with the African-Americans. He kneeled in doing uh, doing the national anthem. And uh, there was the the conservative media that was sort of uh, aggressive. Um... But yet, Nike stood and celebrated him. So it depends. It depends which side of the aisle the brand stands. And it depends what segment and which stakeholders this brand sees to fulfill. And we're a society. We're divided into small groups. To a lot of small groups. And smaller than those small groups. In each small group and tiny group, there's a brand. So brand are not, I mean, as much as you see a universal brand, such as Apple, Google, and so on, there are a lot of different brands that I'm not even aware of, or you, and they serve the smaller segment, and much smaller segment. There's so many different tribes around. A lot of different tribes. And the beauty part of a brand that is... uh, focused and segmented and it, it, it has a larger scale in improving the lives of its own community than the bigger brands because those are their immediate ambassadors the bigger brands look at things that are universal I mean look at for example an Apple Apple does not fulfill every country on earth but it has the best perception around the world I mean, you would see, you would, you would, you would go, you would go in Africa. You'll be, you, you'll be very surprised if you see a lot of people that are holding some things. But at the same time, there's a good portion that are holding apples. An average fresh graduate from 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 college who works as a waiter or somewhere for about a year, so he can save money and buy his Apple phone. I mean, his iPhone. What does that tell you? I mean, he literally sits on a job for about a year and a half, and the cost of the phone is probably three times of his salary. And yet, he makes every effort to buy it. I mean, go to places like Egypt, I'm sorry, like uh, in the Gulf or Turkey or uh, any of these places. You'll find an average kid who's about 22 years old gets to one of those cell phone companies and buys an iPhone on installment for two years. What would, why would he do that? He can't afford it, but why would, why would he prefer to buy an Apple where he can buy something that would take him just to pay it off and a lot less than Apple, than an iPhone? I'm sorry for calling it Apple. It's just because Apple has a powerful brand. 
I mean, Apple is a very powerful brand, extremely powerful brand. Apple contributed into a perception that created a mental frame to make those people perceive it as a luxury brand. And it succeeded. Thank you very much. Look forward for the next episode.